The RCR shop has great gift ideas. From great looking tees, hoodies, caps, tote bags, bumper stickers and more. The RCR shop is now open at www.realitycheck.radio forward slash shop. RCR with Paul Brennan, Reality Check Radio. All right, we're back in 2024 and back to reality. I want to welcome Ro Edge from Save Women's Sport Australasia back to RCR. Good to see you again, Ro. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you too and great to have you guys back. Thank you. How do you think 2024 is going to run? Oh, I think it's going to be a very interesting year. There's going to be a lot of conflict, a lot of things I think that need to come out in the wash and... I don't know how that's going to happen, whether we can get through it positively or negatively, but it's it's going to be an interesting year, that's for sure. Do you think um, the tide is turning on the male takeover of the female gender that's been going on, the ultimate misogyny that's been going on for quite a while now? Do you think we've hit the peak of that? Is it on the turn, do you think? I do hope so. Like I know when we started out a few years ago, everyone said that we should just be kind because there was hardly any of this stuff going on. But we could see what the change of rules and the whole sex self-ID legislation was going to lead to. And sure enough, we are there. And now more and more people are seeing, you know, males participating in female sport, experiencing, you know, females are experiencing males in their changing rooms and their toilets, and they're really not happy about it. So I do think that we have reached a peak and we just have to hope that our politicians have the courage to deal with it. I want to talk about two issues. Um, that is um, trans activist Lexi Matheson and uh, the content that has been shared by that person. Also, Rip Curl, the go woke, go broke. And of course, people might be uh, up to date with what's happened to Sports Illustrated or the company that had the agency for that in the last few weeks. They've laid everyone off. Yeah, interesting, isn't it? That really does come back to that go woke, go broke. So, yeah. and I think, you know, we, if we look at Rip Curl, I mean, I, I just can't believe that what they were thinking, you know, after the whole um, Bud Light thing, why they would go there. But, you know, they got rid of an amazing ambassador in Beth, Bethany Hamilton. And for those who don't know her, she's like this iconic surfing chick that had her arm bitten off by a shark. She's been with Rip Curl for over 24 years and they got rid of her contract. Like she still had four years to run on it simply because she she stated publicly that she didn't agree with males participating in female surfing. And like surfing is dominate, like male surfing dominates that whole sport, right? And females have had to fight for waves, fight for rights for years and years. And for some reason, Rip Curl thought it was a really great idea to remove Bethany Hamilton and put this bloke called Sasha Lawrenson, I think, from Western Australia, who is, he's like this big gangly bloke who posts like continual footage of him in women's lingerie on social media, like really uh, sexualized images. They yeah. thought he's a good role model for women, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, so this Rip Curl has had, you mentioned Bud Light, and there are some other examples. So it's pretty obvious what can happen when it it goes wrong. And there's a huge potential for it to go wrong because the public, I think, no matter what you hear, are pretty firm in what they think. They yeah. see the, bi the binary nature of, of gender uh, as, you know, the reality of that. Yet they, the point you've just made, yet they still sort of like run headlong into it. 
Yeah. It's just, uh, they it's can't read the room. Who? No, no, but unfortunately their marketing departments are dominated, and I hate to say it, by predominantly probably young women. And they've all been indoctrinated into this inclusion mantra, diversity mantra, and they, they honestly think because they talk within their own echo chambers and that's all that they listen to, that they're doing the right thing and they're not listening to what's happening outside of that. So, yeah, I mean, they've, they've now pulled all of that material that they posted, but there's a massive boycott rip cool campaign that's been going on on social media and I'm sure it's going to hurt the company big time. Because it's but taken them decades it. to build that brand. I know, it's gushing, and, isn't it? And, and they can they can just have it evaporate in a matter of days or weeks. Yep, yep, totally. Yeah, but, but, it, but you know what I love seeing though, Paul, is that females are fighting back. You know, Nike got that, that stupid guy over in um, America, the one that, you know, has his days of womanhood, and you'll have to excuse me, I can't remember his name, but they got him as an ambassador, like the skinny male promoting women's exercise gear. And there was a bit of a campaign against that, but really Nike got away with it. Well, I don't think any com- any brand is going to get away with it anymore. Women have had enough. Interesting comments you made about um I guess, younger women and the indoctrination. Uh, but I wonder if if young women see a male wanting to be a woman as an affirmation of being a woman or being female. Like it sort of, it, it makes well, it I okay. Just, if I a just, man wants to be a woman, being a woman must be fantastic, you know? No, I just think that they've been told they've got to be kind and they and okay. they can't tolerate anything that isn't kind anymore because, you know, we've worn down their resilience. Our young people are, don't have the resilience anymore to deal with conflict. And so rather than dealing with conflict, it's just easier to be kind and accepting and tolerate things that they probably know in their heart isn't right. But, yeah. Well, I can tell you from a guy's point of view, seeing you mentioned the surfer, I saw a picture of that surfer in a purple dress or a pink dress. At least he had a dress on. I've seen too many lingerie shots lately. It's too much. <laughs> okay, and um, it's not pretty. He's not pretty. I, I just say that. Okay, now, and we're going to get on to uh, Lexi Matheson because there's a common thread here. Um, it does seem to be that associated with these individuals are these, these sort of common things like uh, exhibitionism <laughs> and, uh, uh, well, it's so like fetish behaviour. It is, yeah, and, and 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 really expressing it, enjoying being able to sort of put it out there. Yeah, you know, it used to be like these kinks and fetishes were kind of hidden, and you know, people had them, but they didn't put them in public. But now we not only tolerate them, but we're expected to celebrate them, and they these guys get elevated because of their fetishes. It's like they've got some protective status. I just, I really do not understand it. Well, that would show a degrading of morals, wouldn't it? That's how I'd see it. Yeah, well, that's kind of how I see it too. So, yeah, so Lexi Matheson, I don't know if everyone is aware of him, but he has had he's had quite a high profile. He's probably one of New Zealand's most prominent trans activists. He's been caught sharing fetish material that's um, it's what's it, Lollycon is the name of it, and it involves young female characters that are in sexually suggestive positions and erotic like in erotic manners, along with a whole lot of fetish cross-dressing stuff. So he's been found to be sharing all this stuff on social media. What's concerning about it is, like, you know, everyone can have their private lives, right? But what's concerning is that when, you know, if any adult shares this about kids, it's obviously worrying. But even more so when you've got somebody in a position of power like him who's actively campaigned to remove women and girls' rights. And he's clearly got quite a bit of influence over policymakers. 
yet this is what he does in his private life. You know, he said he's been using female changing rooms and toilets for the last 20 years. Well, should I have a problem with that? You know, especially if he's in these facilities with young girls. It's yeah, because what what's he there for? What's he what's he looking exactly. at? Yeah, exactly. It's just well, yeah, it's a worry. So Sport New Zealand actually consulted with um Lexi Matheson on the development of their transgender guidelines. And we clearly have seen how like they've prioritized the feelings of activists like him over evidence and science. It's in I think Ministry of Education has also consulted with him. There was, I think, Marlborough Girls High, there was a young boy who started at Marlborough Girls High because he identified as a girl. Uh, so Matheson okay. was brought in to advise the school on how they could allow, you know, his use of their facilities. Okay, so another interesting thing here is if you're a trans woman, shouldn't you be interested in in men? Oh, no, because, of course, Lexi Matheson is a lesbian. Oh, well, because he's in a relationship with a woman. So really, like, I mean, it makes you laugh, really, isn't it? It's a heterosexual relationship. They have a son, um, but they're both lesbians. That, okay. That's the clown world we now live in. Yeah, all right. So there's something not right in, in that if you're going to be authentic. Yeah. It's so, um, it's, it's so convenient, isn't it? I mean, because yeah. really it's just business as usual with your fetishes. Yeah, but but the issue that we really have is the fact that he has been given such a high profile. Oh, no, I get that. He's obviously looked into his background and just the influence he's been having over female sports policies and female safe spaces, the gender self or sex self ID legislation. I'm sure he was quite instrumental in that as well. That's where I have an issue. He can do anything he like and lives how he how he likes in his private life, but when he's influencing policy that affects women and his voice is being elevated above those of females then that is wrong on so many levels. I mean, he was even celebrated in some Woman of the Year thing in New Zealand. He's won a New Zealand Order of Merit, I think, as well. You know, it's, yeah, it's frustrating, Paul. Okay, why why someone like, again, the question has to be asked, why do you think someone like him is listened to so readily above, as you've just pointed out, real women? Because the whole LGBT QI++ thing has been elevated, but also too, it's, and I hate to say it, but men's voices are listened to more than women's. He's a man. Do you see any woman who identifies men having any kind of influence and policies in regards to men? Yeah, but, but who's choosing to listen to the male voice more than the female? I mean, I wouldn't. No, but unfortunately, there's a lot of people in academia and our large corporates and politics that have, out of concern of being accused of not listening to our um, transgender um, community, that they have gone completely the other way and they've given them way more voice than anybody else. So it's kind of, you know, the coins flipped where they probably didn't have much of a voice years ago, but now they have all the power. You know, they say they're the most marginalised, but they have all the power. I see that um, this person also was involved in the protest against Posey Parker, Kelly J. Keen Minchel, when she was here last yep. year as well. Yep. Revving up hate uh, against women. He's also and, and stopping women's, women speaking. Uh, I know. <laughs> yep. Crazy also, stuff. He's also represented New Zealand three times in karate. Once was against males, and I don't think he um, 
did very successfully there, but twice against women in um, the World Karate Championships. I think in 2017, he got a bronze medal. In 2022, he got a silver medal. So not only did he rob females of opportunities and prize money and placings, but he also potentially put those competitors he was competing against at risk because we all know that there's plenty of research out there to show that when females compete against male bodies in contact sports, there is an increased risk of injury. So, yeah, it's frustrating all round, to be quite honest. Okay, well, that's why I asked um, first up if you think we've reached the sort of peak of this madness, because really, <clears throat> I don't think um, that that particular area can take many more hits like this, can they? Well, I hope not. But what we need to do is ensure that, you know, Winston Peters has put that policy out there that, you know, sports needs to be fair. We need to make sure that Chris Bishop follows through with that and actually protects the You think he's degree. he's the sort of person who can? Um, I'm concerned. He's a Wellington MP that likes to pander to his Wellington base who tend to be much more inclusive of all of that stuff and probably not so gender critical. So I think it's really important that Chris Bishop hears from the New Zealand public. So, you know, I ask everyone that's listening to RCR, like if you've got any examples that you can share or any concerns, actually email him. The more emails he can get, the better. And likewise with our sporting leaders, you know, I had New Zealand cricket come back to me at the end of last year saying that they were going to keep like inclusion as a priority for community sport, despite what the government has said. Now, Chris Bishop is a massive cricket fan. So will he push them and take away their funding if they don't? So this is the dilemma we've got. So we need everyone to really be activated this year. This is our make it or break it year. If we can't actually change policy this year and get some common sense back into it, then I'm afraid that we will lose. So let's not. <laughs> let's just keep fighting. I just wonder why someone like you or an entity like New Zealand Cricket would still would push on still when, hello, there's been a change of government and part of the policy um, mix agreement there to form that government includes what you've just mentioned. It seems yep. ridiculous. I don't know if they're just not aware. I can't see that that being a possibility. But I also know that mothers have written to the mothers of young girls have written to him outlining their concerns about playing in tournaments with boys and teams. So I know that he's he's received that. But this the problem is our sports leaders are on this whole career path as well, right? And so they think yep. they've got to tick certain boxes to be able to go up the ladder. So follow the money. Follow the, the money, yep. Or so they're quite happy to sacrifice yep. women's sacrifice sport, females in order to safety, all these things for their yep. bloody paycheck. Yeah, well, not just their paycheck, it's their career. The status. Yeah, and their status. And I think that's a really big part of the problem that we're fighting here. Okay, so, um, all right, so we know about um, um, Lexi Matheson and we know about Rip Curl. Is there anything else on the uh, the radar at this, well, at this point? Well, we, we are getting some women fight back. So over in the UK, there's a bunch of women pool players who are actually taking a legal case against men being able to play pool. And, you know, what we've had in New Zealand is I know that there is at least one sport who's been threatened with legal action because they allowed male participation in the female category at community level, but this man then decided he wanted to compete for that sport at elite level. They said no, he threatened them with legal action. They haven't got any money, so they had to kowtow to him and allow him to compete. 
So we need females to actually fight back. And this first bit of legal action is bloody heartening because, you know, I think everyone's so sick of lying down and taking it. So, yeah, that legal action will be interesting. And I think the more we see of it, the better. So sports know that they can't take females for granted, that we aren't just going to quietly sit back and say nothing, that we've had enough. Do you think there's a certain amount of ego involved here? You just mentioned, you know, someone who's determined to carry on, uh, take legal action, force the group into taking a, a course of action because they've got no money. I mean, that's a that's really putting yourself out there. That's a real kind of ego trip. It oh, look, they're, na- they're complete narcissists. I mean, Leah Thomas, who was the swimmer over in the US that swam in the women's NCAA champs and, you know, went from being a mediocre male swimmer to winning some of the NCAA champs um, braces. He's... Um, World Aquatics, I think the year before last, they came out with new rules that meant that he couldn't compete in like elite level. Well, he's actually taking a case to the Court of Arbitration for Sport to allow him to be able to compete. That is how entitled he is. He knows he has male advantage. He does not care. It's all about him. It's all about his validation. And presumably there's money involved, endorsement opportunities. Well, and Well, you've got to wonder who's funding his case, right? Like, I mean, he's just left university. He doesn't have any money. So, yeah, there's powers behind pushing this case and trying to push for this agenda. I don't know where it's coming from, but it's definitely there. And I wonder what Lexi Matheson's hourly rate on consultation is. Who knows? Wouldn't do it for nothing, right? No, I'm sure they wouldn't. (laughs) Well, you just look at how well-funded the um, the whole trans lobbies are throughout New Zealand now. It's ridiculous. They're still charities, but they're earning millions a year and charging thousands for training and consultation. On the government policy side, just to wind up, um, um, obviously you're going to be keeping an eye on things. How do we keep the feet to the fire? You mentioned, uh, obviously, emails, et cetera. But at some point, all this has to solidify, doesn't it? It has to become the rules, the laws, the norm, the common thing to kind of drop kick this once and for all. How long do you think that would take? What are you looking out for to see the sides that this is happening? And at what point do you start sort of raising merry hell if it doesn't? Well, I know the government's like got a 100-year 100, 100 plan, or 100-day, sorry, plan. 100-year plan. 100-year, <laughs> God. Um, so once that's over, then we will be pushing really, really hard. So our expectation is we would want to see policy from the government or action from the government in protecting the female category by the end of this year and no later. Anything beyond that will will mean that they've just kind of shunted it to the side. So, yeah, I'd hope by the middle of the year we can get some action. I mean, we've got the Paris Olympics is this year, isn't it? And so I know that there will be protests planned. The French women, like French love protests, right? Look at the farmers French, right now. Mm. I know. It's amazing, isn't it? Not that we see that on our news here. But, um, yeah, the French women over there are looking at protesting. We're looking at getting an international group together because the Olympics are the ones that started this whole drama by with these stupid rules based on flawed science, basically, you know. So I think that there could be some big protests there. Hey, it's not even science, Roe. It's not even flawed science. It's not even no, science. it's not even science. Flawed studies. don't even studies. go there. Yeah, know. exactly. Yeah. So like, we, hope to see, we, we hope to see this year. I mean, you know, with the US elections as well, like that's going to be really interesting. Obviously, that's not until the end of the year or beginning of next. But, you know, that I know – if the government changes over there, the policies will change. But over there, it's been really interesting watching state by state them crumble and actually yeah. put in state women's sports laws. So they're actually going completely against Biden's um, executive ruling or whatever he did, and they're creating their own policies to protect. So it, it is happening. We're getting momentum. Okay. 
Well, good to catch up with you, Roe Edge from Save Women's Sport Australasia. Let's keep a let's keep an eye on things, keep the feet to the fire, and we'll check in again. Sounds good. Thanks, Paul. RCR with Paul Brennan, Reality Check Radio. Loving what you're hearing? Well, the establishment hates it. And right now, they're conjuring up new ways to try and censor RCR. To ensure you never miss a beat of the hard-hitting news you've come to know and love, make sure you're on the RCR mailing list. Get connected now at realitycheck.radio forward slash email.